Hey. 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 Thanks for joining, guys. So, uh, full disclaimer, before I even get into all the other good stuff going on, um, I did this podcast with my friend Sherry. Um, she was using a iPhone in New York City on Skype. This is one of the Skype ones. Uh, with that being said, the audio quality is not as good as I'd like it. There's definitely a bit of an echo in there. Um, so right up front, I do want to seriously apologize. However, the content is there. I know it's probably going to be a little bit of a struggle to get through some of it, um, at least for myself. Um, I was listening to it and it irked me a little bit. However, the content is there. Uh, Sherry share some incredible, incredible, incredible stories with me, um, her breakthroughs and whatnot and how she overcame depression and other things like that. Um, I'm going to kind of do the intro before everything else, but I want to give you a full, full, full disclaimer on there is a good bit of echo in there. I really, really apologize. I didn't, I couldn't hear it on my end, so I didn't know it was happening. Um, with that, and when I did the test, it sounded pretty good. Um, but I guess whatever, something must have happened. Bright side of it is she is on Long Island every once in a while. Um, so I'm going to grab her again and then we'll sit down in the studio and we'll really get down to the nitty gritty. Um, so this was a bit more of an interview type style as well. It's not my traditional, let's sit down and kind of just hang out and really get to know each other. This was a little bit more of an interview style, but Genuinely love the conversation I had with her. She's an amazing person. Um, she's a life coach, a me- basically a mental health coach, just just an all-around great, great human, um, dear friend of mine, and is always looking to help other people. Um, she came from some serious, serious struggle with depression and was able to overcome it and now is helping change other people's lives. So really appreciate her. With that being said, some other crazy great news is I am just getting, just got the podcast um, online 100% with the website. Website's good to go. So if you want, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. And then to roll right into the giveaway, the giveaway is for the draft top. Enter in your email for a chance to win. It's under the extras tab. Bottom right, uh, no, right under the extras tab, you go down. It'll give you a little link right there. You hit that link and all, and you can go right in, put in your information, and be entered in for a chance to win the draft top. I know you guys have heard me speak about it. Huge thank you to Sean and Armin, the the founders of Draft Top. Um, it is the device that takes off the tops of beer cans, so you can drink it just like a pint glass. Um, it was super super cool. One of my favorite things I've ever bought, especially it was on Kickstarter. Waited forever for it, but well 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 worth it. Also, with that being said. Huge shout out to the Nerds That Care. Nerds That Care is constantly, constantly providing benefits to companies on Long Island. Companies are typically coming to us with issues with their data security. Huge topic right now. And with the laws changing in New York and throughout the country, it's getting harder and harder to be compliant. You need technology experts like us to constantly be on top of your your technology and everything everything that is technology your data security your backups making sure your your employee even standard operating procedures inside your office is something that they can come down on you have to be compliant it's super important now 
Also, before I forget, guys, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. I was informed I should be asking for it. So please do me a huge favor. Smash that subscribe button. I really genuinely appreciate it. Now, with all that being said, please welcome my guest, Sherry Hamayun. Everything's great. Everything's great. Nice to see you again. Yes, you too. So, you've been doing some crazy things lately with your life coaching and all of that stuff, and I want to hear all about it because I had remember when you just started it, and I was like, oh, it's pretty cool, and now it's getting pretty crazy from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. I feel like when I first started, I was still in the discovery mode. Okay. clarity around what I wanted to do long term. Mm -hmm. So I got involved as a wellness coach, which was super fun. And that opened me up to personal development in a whole new way. So I'd never been to seminars and I never really read a whole lot of books around mindset development and personal development. So I just, I felt this insatiable thirst for knowledge Mm -hmm. around not just what I consider allopathic health, which is what I really grew up in. What is that um, considered it, as, like, allopathic? So I don't want much, somebody to be like, what are you talking about? Right, right. So pretty much when you look at healthcare today, mm-hmm. there's two different types of healthcare, And I love just bringing awareness around everything between these two. So one is holistic. You'll see holistic healthcare, okay. where you really go to the root of things. And then allopathic is more like big pharma. It's more like you go to doctors and they'll treat your symptoms. Okay. But it's really about getting to the root. So I first became a wellness coach, which was so fun. I'm still a wellness coach. I belong okay. to a huge company. And then I fell in love with a woman who was you could just tell she was living in full alignment. Like she was a speaker, very successful. Oh, wow. You know, and I personally went through a horrific time, I consider, just, you know, a Mm. lot of multiple dark nights for the soul where you're second-guessing everything. You're second-guessing if you're good enough. Everybody's got it. Yeah, yeah, like the painful stuff. And I had one of the biggest breakthroughs of my entire life in an instant and I totally felt my life shift from so much fear and sadness and just a little girl who felt ashamed of so many different things to all of a sudden just feeling this complete state of unconditional love if that makes any sense any sense absolutely absolutely I'm curious to know what happened like what was the what was like that key like key point that you were like this is this is it Yeah, well, I believe it was my, finally, my oneness with God and understanding that, because for me, I think of the word God and I actually get intimidated because I didn't really grow up understanding like what God was or, or like who God was or what God looked like. So I never really felt like I had a presence with me. 
Okay. And we I felt it was made. And so these thoughts one day come up of like, oh, there's something wrong with you. I start to believe them, which is very normal. A lot of people walking around believe their thoughts. And that was me. So in this moment, I had a complete sense of clarity of, oh my gosh, everything that I think about myself is not true. And the way it happened was this guy, this man, he's a life coach. He's also like a business coach. I mean, other coaches. And his name is Jeff Combs. He was talking on a podcast just like this, Harrison, <laughs> and I was listening because I just joined this health and wellness company, and they're like, Sheriff, we do mindset coaching. You have to listen to this guy, see if he helps you. So I was like, okay. So at that point, I was so low, and I was like, whatever, I got nothing to lose. Yeah. And I was listening, and in that moment, I'll never forget, I was sitting in Long Beach out on Long Island in my house, just wondering like how did I get here like is this it like these nasty gnarly thoughts coming in you know like you feel like you have everything and you're like why are you still not happy like what's wrong with you oh everybody I, I used to be like that yeah yeah it's so real it feels so real and in that moment when Jeff was speaking he was speaking to anxiety and at that point pretty much an entire year I had been suffering with a lot of anxiety and I couldn't go to work. I was actually on short-term disability for a slew of different things. But I finally got my stuff together and moved into a different position. And these same symptoms started to come up again. And again, these thoughts of, what's wrong with you? Why are you so, why is this so difficult? These easy things, why are they so difficult? Mm -hmm. And when I think about God and Jeff and just what he did and having the best understanding is he was calibrating Jeff's like 28 years sober, very successful man, has completely turned his life around. He calibrates at an, on an energetic level. This man calibrates at a super high level. And you feel it when you're around him, you feel his presence. And I love it. I, I like, I'm very attracted to that because someone who's just self-actualized, they get it, they're still on that journey but they understand who they are and they accept themselves. Mm -hmm. I like to be around that. So when I'm listening, he's like, yeah, we, we avoid what we perceive to be painful. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, here I am thinking there's something seriously wrong with me. I don't know how to get better. So I'm turning to medication that's making things worse yeah. because I'm not going to the root. And the real root was that I created an event I created this feeling and an attachment. So every time I thought of going to work, I had this dreadful feeling. Mm -hmm. Because when I'd gone there, I was just attaching so much to it. Yeah. Then in that moment when I understood it, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not bad. It was like this whole illusion went away. And I went into a meditation and literally for about six months after that moment of clarity where it's like your darkness complete light and you're like oh my gosh i'm i don't want to be on medication i'm good like i got this i'm okay mm -hmm. it, it's so wild and you just have to take it one day at a time and so meditation when i was in this meditation i started to notice i would start sobbing like crying a lot a lot of releasing and i realized i had all of this sadness and all of this anger and all of this shame really is what I was going through and I still go through, I see it. Mm -hmm. All of it inside and God to me is the experience of unconditional love. 
So I started to feel myself in this meditation, which I was not used to. I was like, what the F is meditation? Am I doing this right? You know? And all of a sudden, I would just close my eyes and reach this point where I felt moved to good tears. Like, it was okay. It was like there's this a comfort of, like, God holding me as I'm in a meditation. And it's just like, boom. And it was all, it was like for freaking six months. And I started to recognize during a meditation, this voice would come up, this sense I could just feel it, hear it, was I am God and I am here. Come to me, come be with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, is this me? Is this God? Like what is God? And then I just prayed. I was like, God, you gotta, you gotta help me because I don't even know what you are. I don't even know what I'm doing. I feel now I'm even crazier, you know, like <laughs> what? I don't, I don't even, I'm like the girl who is very uncomfortable with God. Mm-hmm. So now I had books falling in front of me. I had people sending me these recommendations and in these books would talk about God realization and so many different things. So that's really what now I teach because in that moment of clarity, everything changed. And I feel like there's so many people that are in this dark space that have a complete grayness to their life. And I think about what really saved me was I brought color back to that life. Like I brought, I was able to bring myself back to life. And so that's my biggest goal is to help other people really set their their own lives on fire. Now, are you super religious or do you just, is God your own thing or do you have a religious sect that you are a part of or is it kind of like you meditated and you were like, this is my God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. A lot of people don't know this about me and the way I talk about Jesus, I just learned about Jesus. (laughs) I find religion fascinating. I did not grow up with any religion. I grew up with the Baha'i faith. No one really knows about the Baha'i faith. Nope. comes from Iran. My father's from Iran. So this beautiful faith is all about taking the nine different religions and bringing unity to it. So God, when I was brought up, was a sun. And like all the rays are the, like the nine-pointed star are all of the different religions. So when we pray, we pray and, and really just call for harmony and unity. So I never really understood. I was like, well... Who is this speaking? Like, I just couldn't, I wasn't ready to receive anything. So I really didn't grow up knowing what the F was going on. You know, like when I hit high school and I started dating a person who had a mother who was very religious, she was so beautiful because she'd be like, I'll tell you the story of Adam and Eve. And it wasn't until like recently that I started to look more into religion. So I'm fascinated by it is to just understand where people come from and the culture. And I think there's such a beauty. So when I speak, I really speak with a God that has so many different faces. I look at all the different gods from the different religions and just honor every single one of them. When I speak, I really speak of God as an experience. I think of God not as a theory, but as an experience, an experience of unconditional love. It's like when we can reach in meditation, if, if this makes sense, when I go into a meditation, I feel at home. I feel at a different type of home. It's like I got my physical home, 
But this shit could be all going downhill. And if I'm meditating, even if my even if I'm hating myself on the physical level mm-hmm. and I want to die, if I go into this place, there is nothing but love. And it's wild because I become very, very conscious right away of any place where I'm holding on to an attachment, where I've got like an, a, a condition up, and it's a heightened sense of self-awareness mm-hmm. that I try and teach people because we all have that. I feel like when we meditate, our heart starts speaking clearly, but we've got to get out of the head. And this whole journey is what meditation and breath allows us to kind of move into the heart. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. How often now, because I just recently started meditating and I love meditating. Like I try to do it whenever I can. There's definitely days I go home and I'm like, I need to meditate. Like I just got to clear the mind, like do a full reset on it and I try to do it whenever I can. I try to do it right in the morning, and it's it's exactly that. It's like clarity, complete clarity. And or you had like a rough day. I've sat down, and I, how long do you meditate for? It really depends. Sometimes I'll do a five minute, and okay. sometimes I'll stay for like an hour. You know, it really mm. depends on kind of what my my day's looking like, what yeah. I feel like doing. An hour. Oh, I wish. Yeah. I'll do like five to ten minutes, and and the craziest part is I, I love to do it, especially when I'm tired, and I'll be like, oh, I'm like tired, stressed, whatever it is, and I'll sit down and I'll meditate, and people think I'm crazy for meditating. Like, why do you want, why do you meditate? And I'm like, you don't don't knock it till you try it, yeah. and I'll sit down, I'll meditate five ten minutes, and it's like I come back, I have this clear head, I'm I'm energized, it's the weirdest, like I'm ready to go. And I feel good. The I love that. Thing. The weirdest yeah. thing. Yeah, well, I feel like, you know, just as we rest our physical bodies and we go to sleep, there's got to be some way where we can shed this emotional residue. This emotion, you know, we carry around so much stuff, if you will, like mm. on the internal level. And just like we build our physical bodies and we go to the gym and when we want to see improvements in our life, it's going to take some work. Meditation is a practice, you know, like no one's going to be perfect. That's why what's beautiful is there's, there's no even judgment on what the meditation looks like. Yeah. So I've even led meditations where I put people, people to sleep and I'll hear them snoring. And I'm like, oh, that's a deep meditation. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah. You but know, but clear your it's, mind and... yeah, it's, it's just, it, for me, the way I look at it is it's the soul coming back to its center. It's just, it's just a nice little shift and you're in alignment and you feel good and it's joy. And, and I look at God, God is in the word good for a reason. Like you feel what God is like when you feel good. Mm-hmm. The, uh, no, I, I agree percent, a hundred percent. And I think it's so underutilized and I know people, and there's been a couple of people that I've had the, the experience to say, Hey, you know, I don't do you, when you do a meditation, do you just immediately go into it or do you have like an app? Like I use um headspace to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to go through and that's usually what i use to get into meditation do you use anything or is it just you doing it now it's just me doing it but i, okay. I have a couple different meditations that i love i also love listening to music there's this beautiful song called debbie d-e-v-i prayer and you just put it on and it's just this beauty it, the song itself I feel like you can experience God in the music because the music allows you to go someplace else 
And that place where you go is like a nirvana. It's like a bliss. So sometimes I'll meditate. I'll just do a quick gratitude or I'll mm. recall three things I'm grateful for. And then I'll meditate on one of them. Certain times, if I feel like I'm letting go, I'll just say a mantra. I'll say like, thy will be done. God, take this from me. Or say, I'll usually say a prayer. And I'll speak out loud, like especially before I go into a meditation. I'm praying out loud. I've got my Zen Den set up. I'll go there, and it's like my own little sacred space. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like free therapy. I've got my own free therapist through yes. God. I just talk, you know. There's no judgment. Whatever comes up is okay, you know. Absolutely. That's, I, I think that's definitely what a lot of people are lacking is just yeah. – and I'm not lucky enough to have a Zen Den – but I could close my eyes, go into the meditation, and you clear everything around you. It's yeah. for the for people who have never never done it before. It's uh, you got to try to. The first time I was like, all right, that was cool. Like I don't know, I didn't know what to expect, and mm. and I'm definitely nowhere near like pro level where I could just be like, all right, let me just go into this. But now I've gotten to the point where it's like, this is nice. Like you get used to it, and then. And the craziest part is time flies in meditation, yeah. and I yeah. never realized it. And I'd always get so anxious, like, oh, you know, oh, now I gotta have time to kill. You can go to, you can meditate, and you could crush fifteen minutes at the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's beautiful because everyone's experience of meditation is gonna tell themselves what they need to know. You know, like even mm -hmm. the resistance to meditation. I feel like no one can be good and bad. It's just our judgmental nature where we want to label it as good or bad. And that's a lot of times our defense mechanism, because when you meditate, it's putting you in the present moment. For some people, that present moment, there's a lot going on. We avoid it. You know, there's either a lot of anger or there's something you don't want to look at. So meditation is something where excuse after excuse will come up. And I notice it even with myself because I feel like it's literally our ego that comes out that's like, you ain't need meditation. You know, this little false idea, this false identification of us thinking we're this way meanwhile no our true nature is love here we are thinking we're like superior better than people or worse mm. than people you know so i feel like meditation when you notice even just the art of getting into the meditation how long does it take you to decide to go how long did it take you you know like where is your value system meditation is one of the biggest priorities right there up with breathing in my book when I look at, okay, what's going to keep me sane so I don't even need to really worry about anything. I don't need to focus in on anything. I just need to let myself relax. I need to give myself this centering period so that worry, I'm not worried whatsoever. Any, any baggage I'm bringing from the past, any type of guilt or, or heaviness that I'm carrying, I'll let it go. You know, And I feel like you show up that much more effective. You show up in a better mood. You show up with more energy because now you're you're enthusiastic about life. You're in the present moment, and you enjoy the present moment mm -hmm. rather than trying to like live it out, trying to escape all the time. No, I I, I agree 100. percent It's undoubtedly the best feeling in the world. Mm -hmm. Undoubtedly, I it's definitely not up there towards breathing for me, only because that's not my first go to. It's usually like, all right, I got to do this, 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 and and there's and I try to make a conscious effort of all right. I need to put time aside, even if it's five minutes. Okay, let's go. Like, take a second, take five minutes, and just clear your mind. Um, but 
do you now you you say prayers you meditate do you do anything that follows that like do you write a journal do you keep track of like your thoughts during meditation or anything like that i'm curious to know yeah not so much i do like i like to have crystals so i'll hold a crystal specific whatever i'm feeling i'll just gravitate towards it i'll usually keep amethyst a rock quartz i'll put a rose quartz in my house and just buy my you know if i want to hold it um and then yeah i don't usually do anything after a lot of times i'll get emotional in my meditation like my meditations it's so wild to me because it's either the releasing of positive tears or it's the releasing of me and my imposter self just holding on to something and I gotta allow it to come out you know because I feel like we're all constantly we're students so we're still learning this stuff you know in terms of meditation I think okay I, I just give myself up at this point I give myself up to God I remember I was so low at one point when I was really depressed there was a moment where I said, God, if you, if you would just help me have peace of mind, I'll do whatever you want. I will, I will do whatever you want me to do. I, I won't even work. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You know? And then I reached this point where I'm like here and I understand my life where I'm like, I gave my life up to God. Like I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to just say, I really don't have desires. I don't have there's nothing that I want that God doesn't already know if I need it or not. Mm -hmm. So here I am trying to like make things happen and, and be the best so much, you know, cause it's always how I lived. And even with meditation, I forgive myself constantly, you know, meditation. If, if one day it looks like I'm going to do some yogic breathing and Literally, I'll just sit there and breathe. I like to do angel card readings, too. I have a couple different... an angel card reading? So they're oracle cards. They're literally... They're channeled messages with this woman, Doreen Virtue. Mm -hmm. She is fascinating. For anyone that's really... They feel that crystals or energy work or anything like that, if it resonates with you, then definitely Doreen Virtue. She made these cards, she channeled them, so they have specific messages. So you can give yourself readings, and that way it gives you an, a, a vessel, if you will, to speak with angels. So I've had amazing things really come about, questions that I was contemplating, where I'll meditate, but it's like before I get into my meditation, I'll ask Archangel Michael. I'll be like, Archangel Michael, who's just a guardian angel. It's all he is, one of the angels. And he's the one that's usually I feel very close with. Like I'll call on him and he his presence is known to me. And I love that, you know. So I'll talk to him through these cards. And I'll be like, you know, especially when I was moving back into corporate world, I was like, I am scared. I don't know if I really want this. But I feel like there's something that is divinely guiding me. And I can't just sit here because when I sit here I feel lazy I feel like I'm not in service to God in this moment mm. you know that's how I was back in 2016 I felt in the I had this day this moment of clarity again whereas like these 15 minute epiphanies just come up and it's like I get it I know what's happening I've got to do this and this and this you know yeah so I asked the question to my cards I was going through two different opportunities and it told me with one to wait on it and then when I got the the other opportunity, I pulled my card and it was like golden opportunity. It was wild because it was so, it resonated with me so much that it, it 
helped me. That's all they do is they just, they guide you little gently. So you know that again, we're not alone. Always comes back to that. I gotcha. And then, so I'm assuming it was a good choice based on the cards and everything like that. Yes. And so you believe in angels and they're looking over you and you could just call on them whenever you need them? Yeah, well, I feel like angels are with us all the time. Just because okay. we can't, we can't see it with the with the senses we have. It's a different sense, you know. It's a lot of when you think about angels. I simply think of light again. I feel like it constantly comes back to light. Light to me is love. An angel is just again a a divine speck of God that's meant to help us, that will watch after us. And then you look at the goddesses. There are literally goddesses when you even think back to egypt and they're there and you look at that type of artifact and you look at this history and you're like is that real but it is real and then you learn about so much that comes from our past and how it's starting to come up now i see harrison so much more work around goddesses and i really thank doreen virtue for it because she's able to channel and speak with them. So this history is coming back up, and it's the paradigm of the self-love revolution. It's where people are waking up. They're saying, mm, I don't want to live my life like this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to take medication. I want to live holistically. You know, none of this really exists. 40 years ago, when we were looking at healthcare, no one yeah. really was talking about self-help. You know, it was like, no, you're crazy. Don't tell anyone. Now, it's like there's millions of millions of beautiful, inspired books that people are opening up and they're discovering, wow, this about myself, you know? Yeah, and like I'm sure you know who Tony Robbins is. Mm-hmm. I was just at his event a couple weeks ago, and that was that was an incredible event. It's definitely super life-changing, super life-changing. It's very... He is also huge into, and I'm not a huge God person. I'm just kind of like, all right, but my boss, James, has been, he's like, oh, you know, the universe, it's a real thing. The universe, it's a real thing. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe that or not. And lately, more and more, and even before the event, like, things are just happening. And I'm like, that's, like, what are the chances that all these events are now happening Mm. all the time? And I'm like. This never happened prior, and all of a sudden, I'm, like, getting this inclining that, like, something's happening, and then it's, like, a snowball effect, and yeah. just constantly, and I'm, like, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Were you at the Firewalker event? Yeah, I burned the shit out of my feet. Did you? It's so... Yes. I love that. I love did you, it. Did, have you been to a seminar? No, I didn't go to the, the Unleash the Power Within one. I went to... So, he did a private training with our health and wellness... Um, organization in Vegas two weekends ago and it was fantastic he teaches you all about your states living in a beautiful state so Mm. it's funny the firewalkers are all about getting into a different state so it's interesting to hear that you burned your feet because I talked to a couple different people and I'm like you know what really changes when someone does burn their feet and when they don't and they said it's all about the state the state of mind state your energy all about the energy you bring to it so, <laughs> so I, I'm also a volunteer firefighter okay. and I'm like, he's talking about, he's talking about these embers. And I'm like, that is hot. I'm like, I don't care what state you're in. 
And and like I'm like I'll buy all of this, <laughs> but that is bullshit. I'm like, all right. So I'm like, all right. How do I prove or disprove my theory? So I was like, you know what? If he wants me to walk on coals, there's fourteen thousand people walking on coals. If fourteen thousand people walking on coals, I can walk on coals. There's no doubt about that. So and my, and I was with my buddy Larry, and Larry was in the zone. He was in the state. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you could see in his face, like, he was charged up. He could conquer the world. And I'm sitting there like, absolutely not. This is dumb. I'm going to do it because everybody else is doing it. But I know I'm going to burn my feet. Like, I'll just get through it. It can't be that bad. And I walked through, burned the shit out of my feet. Larry walked through, also got burned. And I was like, I buy everything but this whole state with fire that was the only thing where I was like, Tony, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. I, Again, I feel like so many people have these different experiences. And, hey, maybe you're meant to burn your feet. You know? At that, at that point, it's like, okay, this was my experience. You yeah. know? Yep. I was like, you know what? I did it. It's done. You did it. I'm happy I did it. That's great. I know. I love Tony Robbins. I love... When I discovered Tony again, it was, I think, less than four years ago. I had no idea who Tony Robbins was. I didn't now know who I look he was at until it. Three months ago. Yeah, and you discover him and you're like, wow, he's been doing what he's doing for a while. I watch his YouTube videos from when he first started. Mm-hmm. That TED talk that's so popular. Yep. And it's you see him in his prime, and I, I got to see him so up close and personal, and it's like, oh my God, like he'll beat his chest, and it's like, yes, this is a God realized person. This is someone who understands how powerful they are. When he talks about unleashing the power within, it's really unleashing that eternal limitlessness Yeah. out. You know, you're limitless. And it's just so fun to watch people when they're at that event. I mean, I saw people breaking down, like letting it all out. Oh, so I did. So fascinating. There's no doubt about it. I did. But yeah. it, and it was – it's very eye-opening. To see like how how he goes about it, and I cried, oh, so many times in that event, and like at the end of it, you're like, like in that event, I had like one of the happiest times of my life, and he's talking about all these different things. I'm like, this is crazy mm-hmm. that this is like happening right now. And he said multiple times too, he's like, look, if you don't believe in God, the spirits, if you don't believe in the spirits, the universe, but there's you know that there's something there. Yeah, and that was move very moving very moving and people and it's funny my my friends break my break my shoes about it but they're like they're like oh how life-changing was it? i'm like it's not, like you don't get it unless you go because yeah. do i live my life differently absolutely but is it that noticeable the people who aren't around me all the time no but it's like it's that mental state of like oh i feel good like i feel great mm-hmm. it's so true mindset development that right there everything you just talked about that's why you go because you can talk about it and you can talk to people who went and you can get a vibe of what it is. But until you're there and you experience the, that feeling, and I love where you brought up the different names, the universe, source, light, whatever it is, you know that there is a higher power that's watching you, that is with you. And if we can just really allow people that are in so much darkness to see, hey, darkness is just the absence of light. You have tons of light. Let's open our eyes to see things a different way. And I feel like it's beautiful if there's that little bit of willingness. 
You know, like just even if you didn't want to go to a Tony Robbins event, that little bit of willingness, you're like, all right, my buddy's going, so I'll go. And you're there. And even that person who can be the biggest skeptic, I always recommend, just go, just go to Tony. Just go see. He's so, he's such a master at that craft, you know? Yeah. The, and he gives, and people are like, oh, you know, like, I don't know if I should go. I'm like, he gives a hundred percent money back guarantee. Like if you don't like it the first day, you could leave and collect all your money back. You get a day free on him. Mm-hmm. And I think he'd even go a second day too until you can get the get the refund. And I'm like, I'm like, what? You have nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's just people, you know, they just sometimes they have to be ready. And sometimes people go when they're not even ready. But it's so I love that there's at least more of those events. So people see it, and they're having those options. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's and with that, the other part that blew my mind was the fact that you have fourteen thousand people that all want to be there. Like it's not like a sports game where somebody kind of got dragged in. Like, oh, you have an extra ticket? Oh, I'll go to the game and like hang out. Like all fourteen thousand people signed up and paid to be there, or somebody paid their way to be there, and like it was all like you had a choice to go nobody was forced to be there yeah yeah again it speaks to that beautiful soft love revolution where people are deciding i don't want to feel this way anymore this isn't the way this is not me and the more people that start to recognize this is not me you're having that thought it's like let's listen to the feeling what does that thought feel like it feels like you're off center so it yeah. usually tells you, okay, and now it's just about dissolving people's walls because the pride comes up, you know, yeah. and the pride of like, I can't, I'm not going to meditate or no, or literally living in the past of like the way what used to work 50 years ago is the, the correct way to do it today. You know, it's the more options we can give people and you see it. I mean, I love where you bring up 14,000 people. I look at what people invest in Tony's, like, Date with Destiny event. Like, $5,000. These people are investing it. But you look at it, hundred and close to 175 people commit suicide every single day. Yeah. And it's people like Tony that act as that vessel to reach people. Because you'll see a lot of people that go to these events, when you look at the darkness... A lot of them have tried other things, and they're at that point where they're now opening themselves up to say, look, I can do something about this. Before, I feel like the message was always, if you have it, you're out of luck, or if, that, if that's your diagnosis, sorry, you, no use. But now it's like there's this beautiful evolution, if you will, of just us growing up and remembering that we're a lot more powerful than we think. So I feel like that power is what Tony can tap into. That energy of what people are so crying for. They just want to feel joy. They want to feel good with their kids. They want to feel like they are worthy. They want to feel good enough. They want to feel like they belong or that they're important. All of us, you know? So I love that there's people like Tony, even Marion Williamson, even these the younger generation that's coming up of just, you know, where I try and position myself. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I get to stand on the, the shoulders of these giants that have downloaded us with so much information. I look at Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm like, this guy is talking about God realization. Here I am sitting thinking I'm crazy. And now all of a sudden I'm reading a book 
where he is talking about what I experienced. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a teacher. You know, like we are just all teachers finding the teachers that work with us. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a very unique experience to go through Mm -hmm. in all of that. And like, who do you follow? um, Obviously you follow other people, but who else do you follow? So I'm big with Marianne Williamson. I love her. She teaches on A Course in Miracles, which is big. It's a spiritual text. It really filters into all different spiritual leaders and the messages that we say. They all Mm -hmm. resonate with A Course in Miracles. So Marianne Williamson is big. Dr. Wayne Dyer is fantastic. He is my absolute favorite. I have his books when I look at just like the quotes I have from him are beautiful. Um, Tony Robbins, I love to follow. Jeff Combs is a big coach of mine. I like him for business. He's mindset. He's pretty much like Tony Robbins meets Grant Cardone meets mm, probably another, maybe like a Zig Ziglar motivational yet. You know really a lot good. of people. Yeah. I mean, I've studied them all. You know, like, you know what's funny, Harrison? When you lose your mind, you really dive into anything that you feel can be of help for you. So I feel like when I found Jeff Holmes, I was like, this man knows freaking everything. This, how, what? Like he was telling me stuff that I couldn't get from therapy. I couldn't get from a, a pill. The pill wouldn't tell me that my anxiety was actually just me focusing on the future and that I could change that feeling by focusing on, on the present moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and then understanding racing thoughts. The allopathic way, the, the way of the doctor, the way of the medication would say, oh, if you have racing thoughts, take this medication. You can't go to sleep. Take this, you know, Ambien. And I started to notice that. And I was like, no, I don't want to take medication. No, I don't want to. That's not helping me. Yeah. You know, I needed to get to the root. And when you find people like Marianne and like Tony and like Jeff and even Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar are big in network marketing. So this is like the public speakers of personal development because that's what the whole business thing is, personal development. So when you look at these leaders and what they talk about, it's not what can I get, it's what can I give. It's not, you know, you got to do this. It's no, I want to help you. What is it that you want so I know how I can help you? You know, how can I serve you? Mm. So when you find these people, I was like, wow, all of my thoughts were written down. So I would read these books and be like, yes, I agree with this, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's all in line for what, you, what you're believing in. Yes, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like so awesome because they put it so much better than the way I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, and this is a super personal question, but how long were you like depressed and taking pills and going through that whole, like I don't want to say the whole process, but like what the doctors put you through? Not saying that they're they're trying to do right by you, but that's what their teaching is. It's not it's not what you're obviously doing now, but that's what they're trained to do. Oh, you have this symptom, we need we're supposed to give this, or we're trying to get you to this, or the therapist, all right, let me coach you I don't even I mean, I don't know. I know some therapists are great at coaching and other ones are just like, All right, let me dive down and see what symptoms they have so I can diagnose it with this, this and this. Right, right. So how so- long were you there for? Yeah. So for me, I struggled when I was younger, but I never thought of it as that bad. 
right? So like when I was 16 to 17, eating disorder. Insert eating disorder and the first time of depression. And the depression was pretty bad. It was like the suicidal thoughts type of depression where I, I looked at it, but it was my first sense of there's a bigger purpose here. Don't do it. So I didn't do it. And luckily the universe had made everything happen so that I was able to come out of that that small depression. So that was about a nine-month depression when I was oh, young. Wow. And what triggered that? Do you remember? Yes. It was a magazine of Jessica Simpson. And it was when this Daisy Dukes, I forget what it's called, but it was a Daisy Dukes movie that she did. Uh, and the mag. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She looks fantastic. She was gorgeous. She's so beautiful. And I'm, I'll never forget, I was looking at the magazine and it said 120 pounds. And she looked phenomenal. And growing up, my dad, I love him to death, but the way he was brought up, and this is what's great about understanding people where they're at, they do the best they can with where they're at. So my father was very particular about the way I looked. He always kept me in check. So like if my abdomen started to get big, he would let me know. You should do some exercises. Your abdomen's getting big. Mm -hmm. At 15 years old, I was on birth, uh, not birth control, I was on, um, diet pills that he prescribed me for and i felt oh, like wow. i felt like a uh, superwoman because yeah. i didn't realize that that's what they were doing they literally made me have adrenaline so i, I had no appetite yeah. and i'd be in college and i'd literally pass out because i was just so i wasn't eating i like literally was like a gym bunny and then would just pass out so i noticed with the way I would think about myself, there was always a small underlying belief that I wasn't good enough. Mm. And I would strive so much for my father's attention. I was one of six. So there was always that element of, am I good enough? My dad's a very successful doctor. I want to be, you know, I'm his girl. I want to be like the best, you know? So there was that pressure growing up. The darker depression came when I went into sales. I had no idea what sales was like. And I, I look at it like the best journey that ever could have happened to me because it showed me that rock bottom. So it started with pretty much the panic attacks, but I didn't know I was having panic attacks. I just felt this constant state of uneasiness. And I started to get this, this scared feeling for these very simple things. I was a pharmaceutical rep. I had to walk into a doctor's office. But for some reason, when I was about to go to sleep, I'd start thinking about it. And I'd have a little panic attack in my bed to the point where I'd cry, sob silently because I had my boyfriend next to me. So I was silent and I was like, something's wrong here. This is a crying spell. Again, yeah. it's a very hyper aware sense of, and then I'd wake up and I'd have a very difficult time leaving my house. Mm -hmm. And it, it would just get worse and worse. And so I'd get to the doctor's office and I'd, I wouldn't want to go. I'd get back in my car and I wouldn't want to go. And it was this crippling sense of anxiety that started to creep up. But I'd never had anxiety before. And for wow. everyone that's never had it, you're like, what the F is going on? Why? What is wrong with me? Why is mm -hmm. this thing? You know, something so easy. Like, And here I go bullying myself the way I did when I was younger. So like, you're so dumb. This is so easy. What's wrong with you? So I entered that depression, and for about three years of my life, two and a half were very bad. I started to come out of it at the last five months because of the business opportunity, because of my health and wellness business, mm -hmm. helped me come out. 
But until I really had that breakthrough, it was rough. And so for about, I think of it this way, for two and a half years, it started with, I have my panic attack, I freak out, I call my friend, I go, Jackie, um, I just started hysterical crying in the doctor's office because he didn't want to sign my signature, and I don't know why I just did that, and I feel like I'm shaking, and I don't want to go, I want to leave, I don't want to do this anymore. And she's like, you got to go to the doctor. And I'm like, oh my God, and meanwhile, I'm a pharma rep, I'm selling antidepressants, I'm selling medication. You know, like, I grew up on medication. My father would give us tranquilizers. I wouldn't get, like, the usual medication. I'd get, like, the Furacets at a young age, like, these heavy medication. So we were just used to it. So I'm like, of course I got to go to the doctor. Like, there's something wrong with me. They got to fix me. So I went. I started on Effexor. And I was on Effexor and Xanax until the point where I was about less than a week in with Xanax for the first time as a pharmaceutical rep. You have to be sharp. You have to be able to communicate effectively to the doctor. And I literally walked out of an office, and there was a parking lot. It was in Brooklyn, which was a very difficult time for me, but it was in North Brooklyn, where I left a parking lot. I didn't pay. I don't know how I left. I ended up in a different spot in Brooklyn on a different Willoughby Street, and I didn't even know how I got there. Within 15 minutes... I totally was disoriented, driving a vehicle on Xanax and this new antidepressant that I was like, I don't know what's going on, but this isn't really helping me, like something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So I went to the, the doctor, he put me on Depakote, still was on Effexor, but now I've got Depakote and Effexor, still feeling the same way, still having these panic attacks, but now it's starting to get worse. So I'm on a fixer for a, a month, and I'm like, this isn't working. And if anything, it's getting even more difficult now for me to go to work. Like, mm-hmm. I'm having a serious problem here. And what was tough is I was having panic attacks every time because my day was about 10 doctor's offices. So each time, I would hate myself to the point where I couldn't leave the house. That's when it started to get bad. And I did a lot of stuff when I think about that was just completely out of integrity with who I was because at that point, I was so lost. I remember telling the doctor at this point, he put me on Wellbutrin. Wellbutrin, within two days, I had a bad reaction to. I noticed right away, again, just being self-aware, that something very little, like AKA my boyfriend locked the door by accident and I told him to leave it open so I could put luggage in the car. Mm-hmm. So I get to the car and the door is locked and I feel my anger, a rage pop up and it's like, <gasps> and it was like very overpowering. It was very weird. It was very, I was like, why am I so upset? Why is this here? What, like speaking to myself, like I had to calm my ass down. And I, I went to my doctor again, right after I'm like, there's something, this is not, this is not for me. I can't do this. This is causing me to get angry. What the F type of medication is this? Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not helping me at all. At all. And what's, again, goes back to the doctors just do what they know how to do. You know, it's nothing against anyone. But this one doctor was very quick with prescriptions. So right after that one, I had, he goes literally to me, he goes, okay, Cher, well, you had a bad reaction on Wellbutrin and Depakote and and Xanax aren't working for you. Now I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm sad. I'm like crying. It's not working. You know, I'm like, yeah, you're not getting the results you want. Yeah. And so I went and I, he's like, 
do you have a history of bipolar disorder in your family? And I'm like, actually, I do. One of my older brothers is clinically bipolar and is on lithium. And he's been on lithium since he's been 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do. He's like, okay, we're putting you in a different direction. We're now catering to that because he's like, I believe you have type 2 bipolar disorder. He's like, not only are you clinically depressed, because now I'm going on about a year and medications aren't working and they're getting very aggressive to the point where now I'm on clonopin. Now I'm on um, lithium. Again, lithium was the worst one. So what was happening is I was trying out every single cocktail of medications, but nothing was working. If anything, the universe was like, oh, sure, we're going to get you there, but I'm going to give you every single side effect. And so I was experiencing with lithium. I had a hand tremor. My hair would be like this. And I started losing my hair. And I was like, something is wrong at this point, Harrison. I'm on short-term disability. I'm at work for three and a half months. I hadn't even worked, to be honest, for about six months prior to that. So I was home. I couldn't get out of my bed. I was crying, like, literally just every night. And it was so sad is all I would cry about is I just wanted peace of mind. Could not get out of my head. The nights were the scariest. I would purposely stay up. I would smoke so much to my face, I just wanted to die. I literally... Cigarettes? No, everything. I'd smoke anything I could get my hands on. Pretty much marijuana and cigarettes. And just try and get me to die. Because what was it would allow me a little calm release, and then I'd go right back to the scariest present moment where I was so overwhelmed. And it wasn't until... I got to that point where it was like, boom, I understand why am I so overwhelmed, you know? And in in that moment, it was like all of this self-hatred because that's where I got at that point. I was like, look at you. I had mixed alcohol. I was on Lamictal at one point, which was the worst because I mixed Lamictal while I was on Clonopin with some alcohol. I had one mojito out in Hamptons. Mm -hmm. It's a place called Roomba. I was flat down on the public bathroom floor. With my my cheek, I couldn't move. I was paralyzed, but my mind was still going, and I could oh. think. And it was one of those moments where you feel like you're a stroke patient or you feel like you're a coma victim, mm-hmm. where you're like, I can't move, but oh my God, I know exactly like how are you here, like just so much. So that's really where I started to notice the voice of love and the voice of fear. The voice of you're not good enough versus love, which is like this, this too shall pass. You will get through this. Everything's going to be okay. So for that long, I literally was at the bottom. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't going out at all. Luckily, I had a love of my life. I had someone who was a rock there who would let me be, would see it. I would constantly say, like, look, there's nothing. It really got nothing to do with you. If anything, I love you. I'll, I'll remind you. I love you every single time every single day, but I'm going through something and I don't even know what I'm going through. And at one point it was very scary because I was hopeless. And that's like the worst because I talk so much about suicide because that's suicide. That's when these thoughts come in. And if you're on antidepressants, their black box warning is going to increase the amount of suicidal thinking you have. You know, I used to have to go to doctors and tell them that. Meanwhile, me as the pharma rep, I've got the suicidal thoughts. And I'm talking to a doctor about an antidepressant. So it was a very interesting perspective. It was so beautiful because now I have such an appreciation. I'm like, oh, 
now I get it. Like I understand this pain that we all go through in different ways. My pain, the pain that I felt in that moment, most people probably won't have that stuff happen, but they're going to feel that exact pain in their own capacity. And that's why I feel like it's so big and I feel such a call to really touch people and let them know like, hey, that those moments where you're having that dark night and you're questioning why you're here, just know you're not alone. And that's why I feel like there's such a, when I gave myself up in that moment to God and I said, God, I'm ready to quit everything. I'm ready to quit my job. I'm ready to just, I'll freaking go lay on the street. I don't care. Like, just help me because I can't help me. I don't know what to do. And I'm just mm -hmm. praying. Just give me peace of mind. And then lo and behold, that moment came and I felt just healed, completely healed. And you went cold turkey, everything just done. Thing. Yeah, I had to titrate off the lithium, but I pretty much came off it. So at that point, I was on for like two and a half months on lithium. So you have to be careful with some of the medication. I wouldn't recommend anybody just go cold turkey when you're on like a, a class D, if you will. Like clonopin, it kills newborn babies. Like unborn fetuses in your body, that's the type of medication where it's class D. I didn't know that until yeah. looking at it, and I'm like, Wow, I was twenty. I was twenty three, twenty four years old in prime years, and the doctor never asked me, "Am I looking to have a baby?" But I'm, yeah. yet I'm on a class D medication, you know. So there's, I feel such a call to make sure people say, you know, pe make sure people know, hey, consumer advocacy. Ask your doctor these things. Look at the little product information sheet, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's incredible. Yeah. And then you wow. just wean, your, wean yourself off light. Like that moment, and it just all turned around. All changed. All changed. I, I, the way I can describe it is I was a little girl in a dark room, huddled up, like crying. Little girl crying in a dark room with the door completely shut. That was me. I was shutting the door on myself. I hated myself. And so God, universe, source, led somebody like Jeff to my life because I was open. I was I was receptive to him. If someone were to be like, go pray to God, I'd like, get lost. Like, I don't even know what the F that means. You know, because like, I was not I was not open to it. Yeah. But Jeff, seeing a guy who's been on so many different drugs and like the things that happened to him inspired me. So I felt in spirit, I felt something was aligned there. And he slowly but surely opened up my, my door and let the light come in. And then just enough, where I feel like, okay, I'm going to God and I'm just giving it all up. And in that liberation of just saying, I forfeit all of these thoughts I have about myself. I forfeit all of everything. I forgive myself. I forgive everything. It's this moment of just, again, like a, a hug. Like I just felt like there was angels or something, some type of energy, some type of presence that was holding me, especially in this one when it happened, this one deep, like you're sobbing type of meditation like, mm. it's a good one. It was like one that you're like, it's almost like a mother and a child, like a reunion. Mm. And you just cry because you're like, oh, my God, I've missed you so much. I've, I've loved you and I've missed you. And that, to me, was that experience. It's the experience of meditation. That's an incredible story. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for now... letting me share it. No, absolutely. I'm, I am thrilled that you shared it. Mm -hmm. And now with with your coaching and stuff like that, you're have you found anybody that was that's in you or that was in your situation and 
is now gotten through it because I know I see your stuff all the time and you're obviously helping tons of people. But uh, I'm curious to know if you found because I don't know I I shouldn't say I don't know what the rate of depression is or what people are going through all the time. It's impossible to know everybody, but I would assume or hope that people in that situation are looking for people like you. And when they do, have you found somebody that was like right where you were? Yeah, well, I find people, I meet people where they're at, but a lot of the people I'll attract will be in some type of anxiety. They'll feel like they're away from themselves. They'll say, Shad, this isn't me. I don't know who this person is. That's pretty much how I felt. I know exactly that. There'll be a lot of people who suffer from anxiety. Can't get out of my head. I'm having these racing thoughts. I feel like there's something wrong with me, you know? So I attracted a slew of different people, but it's interesting because the universe talks to me through people. So... Mm -hmm. You know, the littlest things will come at that time, and I'll be like, God, I know why you sent me this person. I see my place in their life. I know why I'm here. And a lot of the times, it's really, I'm like the bridge. I think of myself simply as a, like a tour guide. I'm like, hey, unconditional love is this way. And really, this is just you returning back to yourself. And so my biggest goal, I feel like the anytime I ask God, God, how may I serve you, the message comes of, Shara, bring my people home. Bring my, people, bring my children back to me because yeah. everyone thinks that I don't exist and I'm here. And I look, at the, I look at the universe as like some ghetto woman who's like, yo, why aren't you bringing my children home? You know, like <laughs> get out there, stop playing small share. And like this is when I have to talk myself off the ledge of like I'm scared, I don't know if I really want to do this. Like when I first went live, mm -hmm. the voice, the voice of, of like spirit was like, no, you got this, honey. Like go fucking do this. You can do this. So I was like, yeah. yes, you know, so, um, it's just, it's fun. So I, I meet so many different people, but I get, I get where they're at and there's usually some type of pain. Someone's looking to change their life in some different, some way. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's an absolutely incredible story. Thank you. Thank that's, you so much. No problem. I'm glad you can, uh, you could be a part of this. The, I, I know you said you had something to do after this, I believe. So I don't want to keep you all night long. Yeah. Yes. This has been great. I appreciate the time and just being able to talk to your audience a little bit. Absolutely. So how do people find you, find out about you? I know you have a website, um, all that social media. What is all of that for all of them? Yeah. So I always recommend Facebook. Facebook I'm on the most. So I'm under mm -hmm. Sherry, S-A-G-R-I, and then my last name, Homiyoon, H-O-M-A-Y-O-O-N. And then I'm on Instagram with just my first name, the letter A as in Apple, Z as in Zebra, and then my last name. That stands for my two middle names. And then my website's real simple, www.sherryazhomeyoon.com. And I have a new website that will be coming out. But I'd say everyone just follow me on Facebook. I've got all my videos there. If you want to personally friend request me, just shoot me a message. Um, for some reason, I know Facebook blocks certain things. So I notice if, if someone's trying to get in touch with me or if you're, you're looking to connect, just shoot me a direct message, and that way I can show you the most attention. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank oh. you so much. And, guys, I'll see you later. All right, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening in to the podcast. Really appreciate it. I know that the audio was a little funky um, throughout it. It was the first uh, i shouldn't say the first time it was the second time i did a skype um podcast it was more of an interview not my typical style of rolling through um 
but I really wanted her on the show. She had an amazing story. I'm super glad she shared it with me. Um, and she comes out to Long Island, like I said, a couple times a year. Pretty excited to actually get her in the studio to hang out with her for a little while. So genuinely, genuinely appreciate that. With that being said, thank you so much to Drafthop for sponsoring the giveaway. means a ton. Uh, the, the device that opens your beer can. Like I said, you can find it at the website, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. Go to Extras, and you'll see the, the giveaway with the link right there. Just fill in your information, and you're entered in for a chance to win. Also, thank you so much for the nerds that care. We are a full service, and I don't really like to use that term, but that's kind of what they've become and what we've become. And I say that because we're building strategic partners with all of your technology needs. We're constantly making sure that your internet is being monitored, your security is at, at the best interest of, of your company, the entire company is running as productive as possible, you're saving money in the technology fields that you really need to save money in, and you're being, the whole technology curve is moving as smoothly as possible. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for that, and I love you all, I'll see you guys in the next show.